Isn't it time you lived life on your own terms? If not now, when? Visit abrilliantgamble.com for more information on Blair's new exciting online coaching program. Midlife doesn't have to be a crisis. It's a time to rethink who you are and what you really want from your work, your life, and yourself. Sacrificing your soul stops here. It's time to make some plans, make them happen, and live the life you deserve. With interviews, stories from her own adventures, and expert insights, here's your host, best-selling author, speaker, and coach, Blair Palmer. Hello and welcome to episode 124 of the Brilliant Gamble podcast. I hope you are very well. It's another solo show today and the reason for that is that I've interviewed a lot of guests over the last few weeks and months and very often something comes up in that interview and I think to myself, oh, I really need to get into a bit more detail about that with you guys because it'll be one little nugget that we skip over because there's so many other things to talk about but actually that one thing is very very important and this week that topic is all about getting the money in first getting the money in first and it's come up over and over again in my interviews. Uh, Talita Ferreira talked about it and, oh my goodness, Janet Murray will have talked about it. So many of my guests have talked about the importance of, of making sure that there is money coming in to your business. And one of the reasons that we forget about this, um, even though it seems pretty fundamental, is that when you're starting out in business, there are so many fun things to take your time and attention from choosing a logo or a company name to writing blogs, designing your website, deepening your skills by taking courses, um, planning your first year strategy, doing your marketing, getting media exposure, buying stuff. Oh my goodness, I remember so well going and buying the first computer that I was going to be using for my business. It was a massive thing. Um, And I remember just the excitement of this is it now. This is real. I'm buying the computer that I'm going to use for my new business. And then there's the printer and the shredder and the stapler and all the stationery, all the fun stuff. And as you get busier, then there's emails and proposals and favors that you offered to do for people and communicating with your network and checking your social media. And it is very hard to know what to prioritize. The week can really disappear in a whirl of activity. You've been hugely busy, but you don't know what of the things that you did actually made a difference. Which are the things that move the dial? And a very important lesson I learned uh, about this was about eight years ago when I nearly went out of business. And the lesson that I learned was get the money in first. So on today's show, I'm going to explain what that means and how to get the money in first from a practical perspective in your business. Now, It might seem strange coming from me talking about money because, as I've said before, when you just focus on making money, 
it's not very attractive to clients. If they see dollar signs or pound signs or Swiss franc signs, euros in your eyes, rather than real commitment to helping them with their problem, it will turn them right off. You need to stay connected with your purpose, which is serving your customers or your clients. And that should drive your product development, your marketing strategy, your activity daily. You should be asking yourself all the time, how can I serve this community best? What is the problem that I'm trying to help them fix and how can I best do that? So in your heart, it's your purpose serving your clients or your customers that is driving you. But unless doing that makes money for you, you won't be able to help those people for very long. And this is one of the ways that working for yourself is different to working for someone else. You have to constantly ask, how can I do the best job possible for the customers that I'm serving and make money from it? And if you can't make money, you can't keep doing it. Getting your head around this is a really big step. It's one of the biggest shifts that you need to make when you leave corporate life and start running your own business. Related to this is being comfortable with charging in the first place and how much you charge. So many coaches have told me that they don't charge much because they do what they do for the love of it. Well, I love what I do too, but that doesn't mean that I'm volunteering and it doesn't mean that I should make minimum wage. The cost of the service is based on its value, not on the sacrifices that I've had to make to provide that service. So... It's not necessary just because you love what you do and just because you care about your customers and clients to undercharge, to give your service away. It has value to them. And if they can understand the value and that is a value that is important to them, they'll be willing to pay for it and you can live a nice life. But anyway, back to the point of the show. When you've got lots of options about how to spend your time, the top priorities should be the stuff that brings in the money. And many people don't do this. They prioritize everything else. They prioritize writing their web copy and they prioritize um, dreaming up new products and they prioritize uh, writing blogs or being on social media, being on LinkedIn and commenting on other people's posts. Now, all of these things are really, really important, but not everything is of equal importance. And the most important thing is bringing in the money. So I'm going to share with you three ways that you need to prioritize bringing in the money. The first is invoice, invoicing. So many people don't send their invoices. Now, when you don't send your invoice, you're leaving your money that you've earned in someone else's bank account. Now, they've agreed to pay you, so they don't need it. They aren't expecting to have it in their account. It should be in yours. But for you, your cash flow is critical to your business. Without cash flow, you're out of the game. So you need to put in place a system that means that you get paid for your work. And that means sending off invoices in a timely fashion and then chasing payments if you don't get a, a payment by return 
um, and making sure that that money ends up in your bank account. Now, you don't have to do this for yourself. I'm not good at this. And I know a lot of people don't like that financial aspect. They don't like creating the invoices and sending the invoices off. It's not why they run their own business. It's not the thing that attracted them to leave corporate world. So that's fine. You don't have to do it for yourself. For many years, I had a bookkeeper and more recently, as my business has got a bit bigger, an accountant. He does one day a week for me. Sometimes when business is slow, it's half a day. Sometimes it's more than a day a week when we've got a lot going on, but he's really flexible and he sends the invoices and he organizes uh, the expenses. He I send a photo um, of my expenses to him and he puts those all together. He chases payments. He gets uh um, purchase order numbers from companies when we need that. He does the accounts and the cash flow. He keeps a record of who owes us money. He advises me on changes to tax legislation. He manages the bank account. He does a huge amount and he manages to do that. I'm running a, a six-figure big business here. He manages to do, to do that in about half a day or a day a week. So it's a very small investment from my part, but it means that we have really, really good systems in place to get the invoices out there. Other people like to do it themselves. And actually, there are many great online systems now for SMEs if you like doing the financial stuff yourself. But if you're not systematically invoicing, then this has got to be your number one priority. Your money is out there in the pockets of other people who've agreed to pay you. So get that money in. Secondly, Closing. Now, this term has gone out of favor in recent years, and I understand it. I don't particularly like the term closing. It's very mechanical, it's very transactional. And actually, for me, when I, inverted commas, close a sale, that individual or that company goes from being a prospective client to being a client. I haven't actually closed anything. I've opened something. I've opened the beginning of what's going to be a beautiful relationship. Now the real work begins. I'm helping them to bring about change in their life or in their business. Um, so I don't really like to think of it as closing because closing feels like the end of something. Where, as I've just said, it's really the beginning. But we'll use the term for now because it means the moment where that person or that company or that organization makes the final commitment to work with you for money. And it's a brilliant moment. But so many people back off closing. So what they are spending their time doing is talking to people, talking about the product, talking about the features, talking about the benefits, winning trust, building a relationship, um, dealing with objections. But they never quite get to the point at which they close. And I... I have this tendency myself and I had been kind of avoiding the clothes. Um, I mean, I obviously I won business, uh, but it was hard work and it kind of happened by accident most of the time. But I got some exceptional coaching on this a few years ago from a friend who is an amazing salesperson. And she was sitting next to me when I got a call from a prospective client and she basically fed me questions to ask and sentences to use to get that final commitment. She was sort of mouthing things at me across the table and writing stuff down on my notepad to say. And I think the final thing she mouthed to me was, we're sending over the contract and as soon as that's signed, we can start the project or something like that. And I'd never uttered those words before, but I said them. I said, 
Okay, that sounds great. So we're done. We're sending over the contracts now. You'll get those today. And as soon as that's signed, we can start on the project. And what I realized at that moment is that this was fine for them. They were expecting us to do business together. The client or the customer expects things to be wrapped up. They expect to be asked, are we doing this or not? If you want to do the piece of business for the right reasons, you think that you can help them solve a problem, there's absolutely no issue in asking if the person is going to buy or not. You know that the best way that you can help them and the best way that they can overcome whatever the problem is that they're trying to overcome, to address the need that that they're trying to address, the best way to do that is to work with you. So when you ask them if they're going to go for it or not, you're really genuinely trying to help them make the right decision. Now, there is a process to a sale. Most of the time there are stages. Um, So the customer or the client needs to know about you, they need to like what you do, they need to trust you, they need to know how you can help, they need to believe that now is the time for you to help them, they need to be able to afford it. So this isn't about forcing people to make decisions before they've been through that sales process. But At a certain point, they know whether they're going to go for it or not. And now you need to know. And that is why it's important to close. At the point at which you close, you know whether they're going to work with you or they're not going to work with you, whether they're going to buy the service or they're not going to buy the service or product. That's really important. Sometimes you can get a real false sense of security because you've got all these people dangling and you're thinking, oh, there's a load of business out there awaiting me. Actually, you really don't know how much business is out there awaiting you until you've closed. So take a deep breath, pick up the phone, send some emails. Those people that are right at the end of that sales process, find out now if they are actually ready to work with you. And if they're not ready to work with you, what do they need in order to make that decision one way or the other? And thirdly, the third way to focus on getting the money in is to focus on activities that win you new business. Now, when I nearly went out of business, I was very, very busy. We had some massive projects with some massive organizations and I was very busy. I was the managing director of the company. I was making materials for workshops and I was training staff and I was liaising with the client and I was running workshops and I was coordinating my team. All of those things were very important, but I should have also been winning new business. I loved all those other activities. I loved making the materials for the workshops and coordinating the team and having team meetings and liaising with the client. I loved all of that. What I wasn't so keen on was starting from scratch with winning new business, but I should have done because when those projects came to an end, we had nothing in the pipeline. When you wake up in the morning and you look at your to-do list, identify the activities that are focused on bringing in new business. There will be some quick wins out there, so get those sorted. What is the easiest way to get a new client or a new customer on board? What is the one phone call you need to make or the one email you need to write in order to move somebody closer to the edge of that closing point, to the point at which they're going to make the decision yes or no? And what about the longer term sales? How are they progressing? How can you nudge them forward a step? 
So make sure that in your average week, you are doing and prioritizing those activities that are focused on winning you new business. Now, there are other aspects to getting the money in. For instance, keeping the money in. Um, Costs can quickly escalate in a business and you need to be asking yourself, what is the return on the money you're spending on your business? So if you're paying for a weekly networking club, for instance, but you've never won any business from it, the return is not good. Either keep the money or work out how to get a return from the group or spend the money somewhere else with a better return. Now, sometimes you can't easily calculate the return of some of your overheads. So for instance, having a a virtual assistant like I do, but I know that if I did it myself, how much of my time would be spent organizing my travel and booking appointments into my diary and all of that, rather than me spending my time winning new business and delivering work and creating content that helps drive engagement and that adds value to my network. It's worth it for me to have someone helping me on the admin side so that I can focus on the stuff that really makes the big difference in my business in terms of bringing the money in. So I'm not saying you should cut your expenses right down to the bone, but always ask yourself whether you're being efficient and whether you're spending your money in a way where you're conscious of the return. Don't spend it unless you believe there's a return, either financial or something else that matters to you. So I've mentioned this before. Um, I have my laundry done every week. Someone comes, um, actually it's every other week. We don't have that much stuff. Uh, So someone comes uh, every other Wednesday and they bring it back the Friday of that week. My laundry's done. The return on that is time and hassle. I don't have to think about the laundry because I know it's just going to be done for me. So that's on the personal side. I can't exactly measure what the return on investment is uh, from having my laundry done by somebody else, but it gives me time and space, uh, just less hassle in my life, which is definitely worth it. My How to Quit Your Job program offers 12 ways to transition out of your job, which if you get that wrong, if you transition badly and you find yourself out on your own, no job, uh, you've handed in your resignation, you've worked your notice, you're sitting there and you're not actually ready uh, to start your business, it could be disastrous. And so this Um, this How to Quit Your Job program is to help people to transition out of the security of their job in such a way that by the time they're sitting there running their own venture full time, they're really confident that it's going to work for them. And I don't want to create anything for clients that I don't think has a return worth many times the cost to them. I want to help people have successful businesses. I don't want them to spend money without getting a return. And so when you spend money, make sure you've made this calculation yourself. Is buying this course or working with this coach or um, investing in this fancy printer or getting this consultancy to help me uh, with my marketing, what is the return on that that I need to see? And do I think I can pretty much guarantee that return? Related to getting the money in is your long-term business strategy. So of course you need money today, but you also need money in 18 months time, in three years time, in five years, 10 years. I've won business before now because I stuck in there, helping my network even when they didn't have any work for me or enough budget to pay for me. But when the moment came that they were looking for a coach, I was still in their lives. So yes, as I mentioned in my first three points, yes, get the money in today, but also look after your network for the long term. 
So there's a couple of extra things, but I think the most important thing is make sure you invoice, make sure that you're closing and make sure that you're doing activities that have a high likelihood of bringing in new business. Ever since things nearly went very badly for me, I've made getting money in my number one priority. It isn't always the first thing I do in a day. I need time to plan, to write, to make this show, to talk with my team, to respond to emails. And sometimes those things feel like they need to be done more urgently. Or I do those things because they are the important non-urgent stuff that provides the foundations for everything else. But I never forget that getting the money in is, in the end, the thing that means I'm still in business. So if you start off with that attitude, you should still be in business in 20 years time too. I mentioned a few minutes ago about the How to Quit Your Job program. Over on the website is a lot more information about that and that's also where you can sign up. It's a program of three video tutorials plus a workbook. There are four, as a four-part questionnaire there so you can work out what is the right transition strategy for you based on uh, your answers to the questionnaire. And in the third video, I also guide you through how to turn your ideas that have come out of this program into an actual transition plan. So if you're at the point of starting to transition and you want to make sure that by the time you're sitting there on day one, you've left your job, this is it, you're running your own business, you want to make sure you feel really confident that you've got something that you can turn into a successful business, then this is a brilliant, brilliant program for you and definitely, definitely will guarantee you the return on investment. So head over to abrilliantgamble.com right now. I'll put the link to that program in the show notes. You can also, of course, download the free checklist, the free Escape the Rat Race checklist. That's everything that you need to do in the run-up to leaving your corporate job and the first few weeks and months afterwards to make sure that you don't have to have any more sleepless nights thinking about all the things you have to do. It's all there on the list. And if you haven't joined our Corporate Escapees Facebook group, please do that too. Just head over to Facebook. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes. I hope you found today's show useful. I'm off to do some stuff that's going to bring some money in and I'll be back again next week. Here's Ivy Palmer with all the details about how you can stay in touch with us here at A Brilliant Campbell. www.brilliantgamble.com There you can get all the episodes of the show plus read the blog and on our Escape the Rat Race courses page you can find out more about our development programs to help you navigate your way through the minefield of life, career and change You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brilliant Gamble and join our corporate escapees 